0: Before before I tragically went bald at the age of twenty three, I was like a cross between like Legolas and and Jason Priestley from nine oh two one oh my
1: god so hot. it is
0: it is one of the worst things that has ever happened to the nation of New Zealand.
2: Tēnā koutou Tour. welcome to by Lunchtime. I'm Toby Mann. Hi, that's Ben Thomas. Hi, that's Anaboli Mather. Hi. Is this an emergency podcast? I don't know if it's an emergency podcast, a sort of semi-emergency podcast,
0: a post-emergency podcast. I, th- I think the, the klaxons have sounded. Hmm. War has been declared. Now we're just digging trenches and getting ready to settle in. <laughs> For the next ten the, months. The, the, ten the, the months of two Chris versus war.
2: Chris. Chris <laughs> versus Chris. Amazing Annabelle. The the You know how this there's this ongoing gag about how Chris Hipkins drinks Coke Zero and Christopher Luxon is a Pepsi man. And they've been talking about that. That is literally Winston Peters jazz standard line going back several hundred years, that the Tweedledum and Tweedledee, it's like choosing between Pepsi and Coke. And it's come true. (laughs) His prophecy, (laughs) the great Winston Peters prophecy has come true. We literally now have a Coke versus Pepsi election. You must be excited about that, Annabelle.
1: Super excited about that.
2: Hey, it wasn't that long ago, maybe four days ago, I think. We're talking now on Monday afternoon. It was Thursday afternoon, pretty much the same time. Have I counted correctly? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Four days ago that we were in here talking about the resignation of Jacinda Ardern and, you know, just the sort of potential catastrophe that awaited the Labor Party. And could it have been smoother, cleaner, more disciplined, Annabelle?
1: Well, can I just say that thank God for my tardiness because if I hadn't made us postpone that pod, we would have recorded oh, something that would have been completely scheduled. out of date. I preferred
2: to let people have the impression that we all just sort of, you know, that, the, that we scrambled. That that signal was <laughs> thrown into the sky. <laughs> Samuel sent out several armed vehicles to escort us to the studio, but actually just running a bit late.
1: Yeah. But coming back to your question, no, it's been a, a remarkable textbook handover and I guess a tribute to how far Labour has come from the messy years of the early 20-teens when it was the revolving door. And even, yeah, the, seeing him get his standing ovation as he walked into the room there, I mean, I think the polls have probably sharpened everyone's minds and they know that they can not afford to, you know, what's the word I'm looking for?
2: Depart from the no, not depart. Sheet. Devolve, devolve, divorce,
1: divorce. All of those words into like a, a messy um, street fight over. Oh, yeah, oh, good. They so. could.
2: They. I mean, that's that's the sort of theatre that we've been used to for a while. What happened really was in the, and in, in some sense, whether or not it was part of the planning or not, it was to the advantage of those seeking a kind of swift handover, a coronation, a win by acclamation, that all the caucus were gathered together in, in, in Napier. So you didn't have these crazy phone trees going around or a particular group of people, so those sorts of things couldn't ferment. Maybe they wouldn't have anyway. But Ben, we had by, I think it was by Friday night that we were being told that by Duncan Webb, the chief whip and returning officer, that there would be a requirement of seven nominations to be a candidate. And then I think in one of the advisories, it was also suggested that if there were to be only one, then that per- that name would be announced uh, after nominations closed at 9am on Saturday, which point it was like, okay, I think it's pretty clear what's going on here. And indeed, at about 9.30 on Saturday morning, one name was delivered, and that was Chris Hipkins. And then later on that day, he rocked up to Parliament, gave a press conference in the forecourt, the first as kind of incoming Prime Minister, I think. And then subsequently, on Sunday, the caucus meeting came together and endorsed Chris Hipkins formally. Uh, He emerged to cheers from the... Orchestra, having arrived there arm in arm with Jacinda Ardern and quite a both beaming and a mm. sort of you know a real, a real symbol of kind of a passing of the baton or whatever and then emerged and Carmel Cepoloni was uh, it was clear that Carmel Cepoloni was the to be the deputy prime minister, Calvin Davis to remain as the deputy leader of the party. Could they have done it? Could they have choreographed it better,
0: Ben? No. Maybe All if the... the
1: singing kiwi fruits were there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a great point. No, they couldn't have the, the mournful Japanese whale. <laughs> they <It> was <laughs> casting a pall over proceedings. They, were, they probably had a private ceremony just sort of swaying <laughs> as, as she left out the back door. <laughs>
2: like...
0: A giant, a giant
2: so maudlin kiwi fruit with wraparound shades and a hoodie.
1: I still tear Complete up when I think circle. of them. Yeah.
0: Um no be- look beautifully done um you get the feeling that there may have been a little you know there might there may have been some stirrings perhaps in the way that sort of other names came up that mm. that maybe people were sort of thinking of chancing their arm you know One thing that the highly dysfunctional leadership changes uh, of both Labour and national oppositions um, over the past 14 years have given rise to is this kind of culture of horse trading, um, where you know, people will kind of put themselves up as a stalking horse only to withdraw But Mm. sort of in exchange for bolstering their chances for a promotion or something Mm. doesn't seem to have happened uh, here. So, you know, which I I think speaks extremely well of their internal discipline shows that, you know, despite Ardern, uh, you know, throwing in the towel or whatever, uh, she obviously still exerts um, a lot of influence over the caucus. She and, and Robertson, um, and yeah, no, very, very tightly handled. So
2: Especially given that and we did talk about this a little bit last time, Grant Robertson ruled himself out so quickly. I mean that I suppose was part of the thinking too. Chris Hipkins revealed today on Tova's show on Today FM that he that that, that he'd known before Christmas, that he'd been given an indication that there was something she was thinking about. So mm-hmm. those parts were sort of presumably reasonably in place. The other thing to say about Grant Robertson is um He's staying on as finance minister. He's lost deputy prime minister. It'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure that the Wellington Central selection has been completed yet. I I presume he'll still want to do that. But it is is someone who'd been looked at for so long as a potential prime minister. He could have been an incredible prime minister. (laughs) I think he had a lot of the skills. So kind of a word for that in passing. The danger, I guess, now is, and we'll talk a little bit about the tone reset, is that the sort of the pendulum in terms of the uh, assessment of the situation goes from, oh, my God, it's disaster. It's going to be hemorrhaging everywhere to, oh, actually, they're really good and now they could win. I mean, it's probably said the truth is somewhere in the middle, isn't it? And, you know, there's, we've had the reset. We've had the uh, quite a clear tonal change, and we'll talk about that in a second. But we haven't had the flesh on the bone And each decision that is made in terms of a reset, in terms of removing a policy, will have an impact on stakeholders. And then when uh, a poll comes out, if a poll were to come out and Labour were to drop by four points, five points, then who knows what a whole bunch of Labour MPs might
0: think about that and what might happen thereafter. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know... the. (laughs) Um, the 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 stability that they obviously had leading into the new leader. That's that's no guarantee for anything into the future. Um, you could probably expect a little bit of a bump. You know, we 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 always mm. hear about this sort of honeymoon effect. It's sort of the Australian one.
2: experience, isn't it? A-
0: and um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not so sure that uh, it happened when Bill English took over from uh, John Key. Mm, good um, question. But look you know did the,
1: Collins get a hemo?
0: opposition leaders always do always get a little bit of a bump um, mm-hmm. but the, the yeah with with government there is a sort of sense of discontinuity along with kind of rebirth and regeneration so you yeah, know hard, hard to tell, but you 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 would think so um, I, a lot of the labor people you know a lot of sort of labor people that I've spoken to um, you know do feel. Do feel sort of newly hopeful Mm. in a a way that they probably didn't even know that they might Mm. would Ardern to resign, Um, in the sense that uh, you know there may have been a sense that they were kind of not so much sleepwalking to to defeat as you know kind of uh, reluctantly trundling on. and and now you know this changes things up. Whether it's whether it's a decisive change that you know really puts them back in the game, you know it's it's at least something different. So and
2: the change yesterday, I think you both watched the press conference at the Beehive. I I, I was in the room and it was clear immediately, probably clear even before it began. In one sense, that the the tone shift was one towards. The word focus was used by Chris Hipkins about a million times in different versions. Bread and butter, he said a few times, uh, focusing on the right now, I think. I mean, it's like there's very, a very clear brass tacks, you know, uh, we're not going to get drawn away onto flights of fancy or... You know, I asked him about the transformational idea and he said that five and a half years is a long time and he's not interested in catchphrases and, you know, oh, it's was like... was
1: that? Yeah, I heard that one. Yeah.
2: that's that, there's, um, <laughs> there's eventually got one in um, terrifying places to be. But the, 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 you know, it's not like a repudiation of what came before, but it's a very clear, the moment requires a pragmatism, a prudence, uh the, Caution, blah, blah, blah. Well, he
0: he he was saying on RNZ this morning, you know, we've had a heavy work program and maybe that's distracted from, you know, we can't do everything at once.
2: Hmm.
0: Maybe that's distracted from, you know, some of the important issues like dealing with the cost of living crisis. Now of course this is in some ways sort of nonsensical, right? Now you, you know you can't sort of imagine that if Grant Robertson is sort of like looking at the financial data coming through, and then he says, "Oh, there's too many distractions." Like you know, get me Willie Jackson on the blower. Willie, stop messing around with the TVNZ RNZ like merger. We need you up here now <laughs> working on the budget. I mean, that's not exactly going to help things, right? No, but, he, but I mean <laughs> like he prefaced
2: it. He prefaced it in the press conference yesterday by. Saying, I've heard from New Zealanders, hmm. it, it is that about it's what about they the optics, see, right? Yeah, is that we are distracted and have too, you know. So he's, he's yeah. framed it that way. The, the, the way he you said,
0: communicate with voters is saying the things that they experience as problems, you understand as yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. And and if you're noodling away with Willie Jackson, sort of. <laughs> You know, having um, you know, having his adventures on long-form interview programs, um, struggling to justify why there is a multi-hundred-million-dollar revamp of state broadcasting, while you know, well, you've just sort of, you know, walked. 20 kilometres trying to find eggs because you can't afford to fill up your car. You I mean, you know, whether or not many people stuff.
2: actually paid attention to that particular merger thing or not, it was sort of a symptom of a wider problem. And he, You know, the words used, the things that matter to New Zealand, it's the same language that Christopher Luxon has used, it's the same language that politicians around the world use. Yeah, absolutely. nauseum. But it is, I mean, I, I guess one thing to say it, and that may have some, uh, th- that, that has some power. But the next thing is, well, what does it amount to? It's what and, I mean, and this is know, the, the
0: interesting thing, because once you, you know, once you've sort of started listing these things that are diverting the government and distracting its attention and keeping it from the issues that matter, you know, number one, TVNZ, RNZ merger, number two, something to do with three waters mm-hmm. in the sense that. It's pretty difficult to see them repealing the whole thing. Well, the first so, and sort of
2: the, the, the backbone of the legislation has gone through in the, f- the first bill. And so you could probably again do something optically that sort of showed yes. a, a willingness
0: to pair back. So do they tweak or do they pause? Do they whatever? Yeah. And and then you kind of, <laughs> then you sort of start to hit, you know, kind
2: of. Um, Thomas Coughlin had a good
0: Good piece today in the Herald that worked
2: through a few of the other things. I mean, I think one of the things is that in the kind of vacuum since the announcement that things had to be pared back, even before that, even before Jacinda did announce that, the things that people were mentioning merger and income insurance, and that became by repetition almost <laughs> true. <laughs> you know, it, it may be that Grant Robertson is absolutely wedded to income insurance because he cares about it, and maybe that that that, that lives. I don't think anyone is really holding too much of a candle for. For uh, the merger, anyway, what, what 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 did you
1: make of it all? I think over the last few days, you know, like most people, when uh, Dern resigned, you know, most people's reaction is that well, it's basically all over for Labor, and then reinforced by Robertson's decision um, not to stand. But you know, obviously, she's had longer to think about this than we've had, yeah. and she probably realised, being the astute politician that she is, that actually. Her going is probably gives Labour a much stronger chance of being elected. I think over the last few days, Hipkins has shown himself to be an excellent communicator and it's a fine line that he has to balance between um, not rubbishing Labor's previous agenda Um, and making it look like they had lost their way. Mm. So I think by using words like refocused and the times have changed, that's a really smart way of communicating it. Um, I think the difficulty that he's going to have, especially when it comes to issues like Three Waters, which has been really poorly communicated, particularly when it comes to the supposed co-governance, which to my mind, is just more like Māori representation than actual co-governance, is that he has to make it more palatable for voters, but at the same time, he it, it can't be so watered down so that it makes the Māori caucus look ineffectual or, or instigates them to rebel against... Hmm. Um, the minimisation of of Māori representation in bills like that. In terms of the, the merger, I think that actually the vast majority of New Zealanders don't really care about the merger. Who cared about the merger was the media. And so the media were constantly reporting on it. If you look at the Herald, I don't think there's been a single positive... Column on what the potential benefits of the merger could be, and I think people are irritated by that. They don't want to be reading about the merger. They don't want it at the top of the home page Well, to all be the fair, time. one of
2: the th- one of what happened was that National Party was being challenged for the wa- the places that they were going to find the savings required to fund tax cuts, and the merger became top of the list, and it's because. They gauged whether by focus grouping or just by talking to people that even though it's not this massive amount of money, it was something that worked for them because it seemed like a an indulgence, b a distraction, and c people actually like TVNZ and RNZ. TVNZ and RNZ are the top of all the trust again, charts, and so became, and that and that was I think a critical part of it being
1: pushed to again the, though. I to think it, it's a, it's another area where Labor haven't done a very good job of of yeah you know, of selling the narrative to New Zealanders. If it was about efficiencies, greater collaboration, co-locating, all of those things that would better serve audiences, then I think um, people wouldn't be as irritated by it as what they are now.
0: I agree. Yeah, it's interesting. My, My theory of John Key as a leader was that he was not good at Inspiring people to do things, but he was very good at reassuring them everything was okay. And Ardern's almost sort of the flip side of that, Um, you know, now that we're sort of taking stock. She was very good at inspiring people to do things, to turn out en masse after Christchurch, to, you know, really come together during COVID. You know, I think as you said, and, you know, there was a feeling when, you know, a team of five million really meant something. Um, But When you sort of look at it, Labour has lost almost every big issues argument on policy since they've been in government. Um, You know, couldn't convince people on three waters, which is... You know, literally about future-proofing towns from having shit. Some people in national <laughs> say, some people <laughs> in national uh, acknowledge that it's a classic
2: national party reform that potentially three waters have dressed up differently. That's how that's how, but much it's been messed up.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, the, the, you know, district health boards. You know, incredibly unpopular. You know. Uh, just – and, and and you know, on tax as well, ev- pretty much everywhere you look, you know, th- they, they seem to have lost these arguments politically. And so there is an argument that, you know, Chris Hipkins is a bit more of a scrapper and can get in there and, you know, really kind of fight the corner on it in a way that, you know, Ardern, who was very much about – you know, I think she genuinely believed all the stuff about consensus and bringing people along – um, but the irony, of course, is that, that it doesn't bring people along. You know, generally what you're looking for is not actually buy-in for your policies. You're looking for acquiescence as mm. a government. Or or even indifference. In, yeah, or, or indifference, <laughs> yeah. You know, John Key's greatest strength is standing up and going, this thing that you're really worried about, it's not a big deal. At the end of Never the has. day. I mean, <laughs> thing at, the, is at the end of the day.
1: Never has encouraging kindness, like, provoked more, like, hostility <laughs> and outrage... <laughs> In our
2: history. Hey Annabelle, what about the early start from Chris Hipkins in relation to not just the Māori caucus, but uh, representation of Māori in those top positions, uh, and and Māori more generally? I mean Te Party Māori, which is obviously a party in opposition, uh, came out came out hot with a press release saying that uh, they are telling Māori that despite having the largest Māori caucus ever in government, we still are not good enough. That was a nobody right so that you So know, that's obviously not representing the position of the Māori caucus, but there was that. Then there was also the stuff on co-governance, much of which I think is inarguable in terms of people misunderstanding what the idea means. And then also a stumble on the articles of the treaty, which he... Uh, could have got out of the room before, but said, "Oh yeah, I can answer those," and then got to two, and then couldn't complete. What, what do you, how, how, how do you assess that as a start? Is there work to do there?
1: I think yeah, there, there's work to do. Um, um, you would think that most senior politicians would be able to answer that question because it's one that journalists like to to trolley out from from time to time. I, I don't think it would have a huge impact with the majority of Maori voters, but I do think. The issue that the Māori Party raises is one that they will be able to exploit to good effect during the election. Um, The fact that, you know, despite having the biggest Māori caucus of all time, that no one um, has been considered good enough to be a a Deputy Prime Minister – and that's gonna be a tough one for those Maori MPs because mm. you know they've already lost Waiariki. Deb is looking strong in te Tai Hawauru. So there, there's gonna the the, the Maori caucus are gonna to have to think about how they counter that narrative. But it's a I mean it's a valid point that they raise and not to take anything away from from Carmel Sepoloni, because this is an incredible moment for the Pacifica community. And, um, you know, hugely symbolic for them and, you know, um, and all of those things. But I can see how some of the Māori caucus might feel like they've been um, kind of put at risk as a result. But I'm sure that there's also really strong support for her within the Māori caucus too. It's unfortunate that it's one of those situations where Māori are almost being pitted against Pacifica.
0: Do you think he didn't know the third article?
2: Uh Yes, Uh, I I think he did know the third article. In his 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 defence... I've seen that run today, so actually, this is going to play with... The idea that that's a kind of eight-dimensional In his defence, when when you're
0: actually in government, it doesn't mean that you're ignoring the treaty if you don't know the articles, because ministers in government are much more just like the public service, I'm much more uh, commonly dealing with the principles of the Treaty of Waitangi or Te Tiriti as sort of outlined in the Lands case in the 80s and then sort of subsequently developed by the courts and the Crown. And, you know, there will be references to sort of parts, you know, things that are mentioned in Te Tiriti, like, um, you know, kawanatanga and um, Tēnā but, Rangatiratanga. But, you know, in terms of the mechanisms of governance, you're usually talking about the principles um, and so, it, you know, it is feasible that you know just sort of slipped as a
1: just for our as listeners. Article three is where Maori are guaranteed a free copy of Spear and a ticket to the <laughs> King's Coronation. <laughs>
2: Uh, what 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 about Carmel zepollone as deputy that's obviously an important moment for the Pacifica community uh, she's widely respected and liked within the team some has some critics on the, the daughter
0: left. of a freezing worker um, love that uh, and, and, and a labor party the princess. two of
1: them have a great narrative mm-hmm. that's their other strength There's a, to as do do a as a Auckland as well yeah and i mean? th- I think too the other strength that Hipkins has is like you know, because he's worked in Parliament and he has that great understanding of how Wellington works, which is probably why he's been such an effective minister. But coupled with that is really strong support within his electorate, which you don't always see with those kind of ones that come through the offices.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, I saw someone, uh, Sam, Sam Suchdava, maybe observing that the, he's the second biggest majority of anyone in, in, in the Labour Party, the, the first being Jacinda Ardern. So that's... That's a pretty solid base.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, Carmel's got a great backstory too and I think in a cost-of-living crisis, um, people like the ideas of leaders who they can relate to and that's going to be a narrative that um, Luxon is going to find challenging over the course of the election.
2: And Kelvin Davis remains deputy leader of the Labour Party, uh, so they do that that sort of three-for-two um Thing that they did when um, when Grant Robertson was deputy prime minister. Now maybe they get four for two because he remains there as finance minister. I don't. I don't. I don't know whether that might be overstating it. Ben reshuffle is the other thing. Do you have any? I know you wrote a column last week about how much people care about reshuffles. Yeah. The entire population on the edges of their seats. Mm to hear the dynamic, transformational (laughs) Prime Minister Chris Hipkins announce the reshuffle, How do do things turn out? I think that he will be sworn, goes to Ratana tomorrow, Tuesday, we're talking about Monday afternoon, then goes to Government House to be sworn in as Prime Minister on Wednesday, then returns to Parliament to catch up with Cabinet. And I'm not clear really whether we'll, after that, I think there might be a a press conference after that, we might get some of the reining in stuff,
0: or maybe we won't. She's already done a bit of reshuffling. It's, he's he's it's, already uh, divested his portfolios. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Nash gets police back.
2: Yeah. Oh, Temporarily. Uh, wow. Well, he announced, he said, Grant won't know it yet, but I've made him leader of the House and <laughs> house. I mean, the other the other thing, I guess, is whether, what's the symbolic portfolio that he gets? You know, there's uh, in the past, Helen Clark and Cinder have both had arts and culture, Jacinda Ardern had um, child poverty reduction, John Key, tourism. But, you know, David Long, he had education, right? Like, there's, there's it's, not, it's not, it's not, it's not, Chris Hipkins might, would he retain police just in a kind of,
0: this is the most important thing to hardworking New Zealanders? Mm, no, try. I don't no. think so, especially because you can't, uh, you know, this is the bind as Minister of Police, you actually can't get involved in operational matters by law. That's true. It's a good point. Um, and so you'd be a bit sort of Muzzled powerless in terms to of kind saying, of... Yeah, over it, a bit yep. of a hostage of fortune. And he definitely
2: won't keep education because that's crazy. It's, it's a
1: shame that thing. he won't keep because, you know, his answers about the ram raids I thought were... Were compelling, and he's I think his degree was in criminology, wasn't it? So it seems like he's probably quite well informed. He said
2: he stumbled into criminology, went into he said somewhere that he just sort of was doing an extra paper in first year to make up the numbers, and ended up sticking it out for criminology. Someone who uh, looks at the stuff a lot said to me yesterday that they'd never seen a more artful um, reframing of the law and order debate than he delivered mm. in the in the press conference yesterday. I
1: so.
2: thought so too. But what's your reach Reshuffle astrology, Ben?
0: It opens it up for more major um, changes than probably we would have been anticipating otherwise.
2: Because he uh, vacates. Half the cabinet position. Yes, that's
0: (laughs) right. Um, But also because, you know, you have this whole, you know, new broom now becomes part of the narrative, whereas if it was Ardern sort of shuffling people around, there would be a bit more of a sort of panicked look about it. Um, That said, you wouldn't necessarily want to make sort of huge changes. You know, government still has to run for the next, uh, well, eight months at least in in a public sense. And, you know all sorts of little fidgety operational things can bubble up through portfolios and absolutely sink you during an election. You know, it's going back now, showing my age, but 2008, a a proposed regulation about showerhead size Mm -hmm. became one of the biggest issues of the 2008 Mm -hmm. election because it chimed in with themes about nanny state and blah, blah. Uh, and, And so you don't really want to be blooding a lot of, you know, inexperienced people or putting them into new portfolios. Uh, so, I uh, look, I, I think it'll probably be pretty limited. Um, hmm. But, you know, look, I have been wrong about most things this year. But so. I think
2: probably bringing some new faces in. I mean, he probably would, wouldn't need to do wholesale demotion just by reorganising things and bringing. Oh, bring no, some, sure. some You mean, you, you know, Barbara Edmund on, right? will you know, come,
0: you know, come in and she'll, she'll be
2: commerce. I mean, Jantinetti so. is probably a lock. I mean, she's already in cabinet, but she's a lock for education, I would have thought, now that he. Won't have the portfolio anymore. Uh, maybe should Varel to health and move Andrew Little.
0: Who knows? I don't I think, think we'll see sort of a wholesale turnover. Porto Williams, uh, David Clark.
2: Maybe uh, in, we touched we'll on probably <laughs> been retired.
0: Maybe an Auckland minister.
2: Like that, you know, a, a guy from the Taking, hut, a, cue you from know, taking a cue from Simeon Brown. Taking a cue from Simeon Brown, no, who's now Auckland Issue spokesperson for the opposition. Have an Auckland. You know, you know, Carmel Sepuloni's one of the one of the strings to her bow is that she's an Auckland MP. Given that uh, Chris Hopkins, in case you miss it, is a genuine hut boy. Um, so, <laughs> the, the, you know, I mean, Auckland's important, and you know, well, among other things, whether or not light rail is one of the issues for the chopping board. I guess we'll find out. Um, what else does? How does this make you feel to wrap things up? I guess about what do your waters tell you, both of you, about the election that approaches? Chris versus Chris, Pepsi versus Coke. Are you excited? Are you fizzing like a freshly opened cola?
1: More like a kombucha. Oh,
2: yeah, okay. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, I, I think that it's going to shape up to be a much more interesting election now, and I think... Um, yeah, Labour has a has a good fighting chance of um, putting up a more compelling case for re-election than perhaps they did before and um, hopefully it, um, as a result of Arden stepping away because she's become such a lightning rod for vitriol and hatred and all of that sort of stuff maybe people will start to refocus on the on the issues again, now that, you know, she's not there to, to polarise people. I've, I'm sure over the next few days, um, Hipkins and Sepuloni will be, um, you know, reading up on Agenda 21 and how they,
2: they, <laughs> what they implement next, it. <laughs> what their instructions are. <laughs> what their instructions are. Have they, been, have, are have, they, they,
0: have they been chipped in? Their Microsoft yeah, vaccinations yeah. will be activated <laughs> so that they can... Um, yeah... <laughs>
1: I wouldn't be surprised too if um, Ardern leaving helps to draw some support back from ACT and some of those outlier parties back to National because, you know, Mm. in their mind that the enemy has now gone so they can kind of return to their traditional camp perhaps.
2: I, for what it's worth, reckon that because... Labor and National are so clearly now going for the same patch, both squarely focused. They're going to say laser focused over and over again and we're going to die. On the median voter, on middle New Zealand, not quite the same thing, but,
0: you know... Each of them are headed over over the horizon from the opposite direction. And that will... Eat, like a like a like a game of chicken, <laughs> each <laughs> to collide. Yeah. So at like the center point,
1: not like bit. a right. red peak election, but like the laser kiwi yeah. election. If we were to okay. have a flag for well,
2: it, well, maybe more the actual the other one. What was that one called? The Lockwood flag election, because that's. That's right. The two the, Lockwood flags, the, the, yeah, <laughs> the, those,
0: the, the, Lockwood the flag. blue and black and That's the red and
2: the swing black. Flag. But yeah, but, but I mean, I mean, what it does leave is a whole mm. lot of territory outside that um, that game of bull rush that you just described for yep. the likes of the Greens, ACT, and Party Maori, and maybe others too. Maybe uh, Mister Coke and Pepsi, Winston Peters, don't know. But I, it's one of the things to note is that in the Australian election. The two main parties have never fared more poorly, I think, and certainly in, mm. and, and certainly in modern times. And that was a small target. Uh, not wholly analogous, but quite a few mm. similarities in terms of the way the contest played out there.
0: Well, Look, you know, for whatever anyone thinks about Ardern, um, you know, I mean, I think I, I tweeted this and, you know, lots of Ardern supporters retweeted it, but... When it's just the news, not sort of. Um, Can't wait to know, hear about after, this tweet. Well, after no, well after after we finished the last pod, you know, I, I I went back and I checked my email, and there's you know, when when John Key resigned, I wrote you know I wrote a take for the spin-off and I wrote a quicker one for stuff that I think I just ripped off my first one, mm. and then when Ardern resigned, you know, my inbox is full of Singapore Radio, CNN, <laughs> you know, mm. like NPR. New York Times, Reuters, you know, the interest in Jacinda was huge because she had, you know, she had real, you know, obviously time and a place in the context, but she had, you know, extraordinary charisma. She had that X factor that people talk mm. about. Um, so is, is it a Coke versus Pepsi election now or is it a kind of, spree versus home brand cola <laughs> kind of <laughs> 10 months that we're digging into. You know, I mean, Luxon and Hipkins, both both accomplished politicians. Well, you know, Hipkins is an accomplished politician. Luxon is doing well in the polls. He's sort of the upstart. But you would say that in terms of sort of charisma and interest um, and how compelling figures they kind of cut, you um, you know, perhaps this election we're kind of playing a league down to what we're kind of accustomed to in New Zealand Well we look forward to it, I mean something will happen, it always does,
2: events dear boy, uh, thanks Samuel for producing us, thanks to spinoff members for making it possible for us to gather at short notice to discuss these emergency issues, thanks Annabel, thanks Ben Talk soon